Support for The Bittersweet Life comes from Lingoda. Lingoda is the number one trusted European language school with affordable, small, online classes available 24 hours a day. Their proven teaching methods and expert-designed curriculums will have you speaking a new language in just three months. Best thing is, right now, Lingoda will give you up to 100% cash back when you successfully attend all your classes as a part of their Lingoda Sprint program. For more information or to sign up, visit the link in the show notes. And don't forget to use our discount code, BITTERSWEET. Hello, I'm Tiffany Parks. And this is A Bittersweet Moment with Katie Sewell. Hello, this is The Bittersweet Life. I'm Katie Sewell, and this is your midweek bittersweet moment. And today I am joined by Tiffany. Hello. And that's because today is what, Tiffany? Today is the seventh anniversary of The Bittersweet Life. The very first episode came out on March 18th. 2014. Hard to believe, but it is true. Yes, we wanted to mark the occasion together just because I can't even believe you remember that date, by the way. But good for you. It's nice to know that I have a historian on my hands. (laughs) And it's nice to know that we've managed to keep this little project alive for seven years. That's quite incredible. Quite the feat. I'm patting myself on the back as we speak, actually, because (laughs) it's been a lot of work. Yeah, it is. So good on us. (laughs) <laughs> for doing this. Good job, us. Sometimes just out of sheer raw determination. Mm-hmm. So we decided to do kind of a fun little, I don't know if you'd call it a game. Mini interview. We're interviewing each other. Random stuff. But of course, because seven years, seven hills of Rome. Yes. We decided to just make it a little bit more complex by adding the hills. Mm-hmm. So we're we're answering simple questions based on the seven hills of Rome loosely based i should say the hills of rome are the inspiration for the questions right so starting with the palatine hill the most famous hill in rome probably where all the ancient palaces of the emperors were if you've ever been to rome you've probably visited it palaces are something that remind most of us of fairy tales Mm -hmm. so what was your favorite fairy tale growing up my favorite fairy tale was cinderella believe it or not although When it comes to Walt Disney, I really, really liked the hair color that Sleeping Beauty had. Okay. That kind of maize color. Okay. But you collected Cinderella books, didn't you? I did, yes. Like all little collections that start when you're a kid, probably started by somebody else. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But I do have a vast collection of Cinderella books, which I think are a great example of how different cultures all across the world have similar versions of the same story. Mm -hmm. And also, I think it's a great example of how artists can have a wide, vast interpretation of how to draw the same story. Nice. So that's why I love the collection. Very good. So onto the Capitoline Hill, which is the one that overlooks the Roman Forum. It's where all the ancient temples were. It's now home to the oldest museum in the world, you told me. Yes. So, Tiffany, if you found an ancient artifact just lying out in the world, what would you do with it? (laughs) Oh, dear. Well, 
I mean, if it was something big, <laughs> I would probably call the authorities, you know. But I got to be honest, if it was like a Roman coin, an ancient Roman coin, I would keep it. Sorry. What if it was like an ancient Roman bracelet? Oh, Katie, you're tempting me. I don't know. It would be hard for me to not keep it. But I think you're supposed to, you know, you're supposed to turn those things in. Yes. No comment on the bracelet. But if it was a coin, I would keep it. There are lots of coins out there. Okay, fair. Now there's the Aventine Hill, which is where, you know, Remus would have set up the empire if he had, uh, he had won, which of course he didn't. Killed by his brother. <laughs> yes, killed by Romulus, supposedly. Now uh, the Aventine Hill is actually a very affluent neighborhood, very lovely residential neighborhood in Rome where you can find the keyhole of the Knights of Malta. Now, Katie, as you know, we both grew up in a um, rather affluent suburb <laughs> of Seattle. Uh, how did you feel about living there when you were a teenager? I'm curious to know what your answer to this is. For me... <laughs> Too bad. <laughs> for me, uh, I think I found it embarrassing that I lived there, to be honest. There were not a lot of outsiders who didn't live on Mercer Island, which is what we're talking about. Mercer Island, Washington, which is an island that's... It sounds so exotic, but it's really just it's sitting in the middle of a lake right next to Seattle. But people would call it the Golden Rock sometimes. And I felt like it was very at odds with who I was because my family didn't have a ton of money. So I felt like I went to school with a lot of kids that had so much. And we basically lived on the island because my dad, who was a Presbyterian minister, the church provided a home. That was part of the benefit. You could live in the house that they owned while my dad worked there. And so we lived on the island, probably without being able to actually afford to be on the island, I, if that makes sense. Yeah. So for me, it just always felt at odds with who I was. Hmm. Yeah. So that's how I felt about it. Embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> Embarrassed and out of place. So that said, though, did I like that some of my friends had vehicles that they could drive me around in or in, or that occasionally one or two of them had a boat that would take you out in the summer? That was not bad. I, you know, <laughs> I'll take that. It's a park. And I thought that the education was amazing. Yeah. The public school on Mercer Island was just brilliant because it had so many resources. So I do feel like I benefited intellectually, certainly, by living there but I still found it terribly embarrassing. <laughs> Moving on, the Esquiline Hill, which is famous for being the location of Emperor Nero's golden house. Yes, it is. You told me it's now the most ethnically diverse part of Rome, which I thought was very interesting, which we'll have to talk mm -hmm. about on another occasion. But since we're talking about Emperor Nero, he is remembered by history as a very bad person, <laughs> not a great guy. So I'm curious, what's another bad guy from history that you find really interesting? Well, you know, I'm in love with Caravaggio. And he, of course, was a murderer. Yeah, not a great supposedly. guy. I mean, he killed somebody. Whether it was premeditated murder is not at all for sure. In fact, it probably was not. It was a crime of passion. And probably he didn't even mean to kill the guy. I tend to think that Caravaggio was more misunderstood than being a truly evil guy. And I think you can see that in his art. But there is an evil guy that I do like, truly evil, mm -hmm. and that is Cesare Borgia. Mm -hmm. I'm really fascinated by the Borgias too. Uh, father and son and daughter, Lucrezia Borgia. I don't think she was a bad person, though. I think she just was, you know, she got a bad rap. But the father and son were, were pretty bad people. <laughs> but I love them. 
I just think that they're so fascinating to study. Yes. What would you say is one of the worst things that Cesare did? Uh, he probably murdered his brother. I mean, it's not proven, but it's very, very likely that he murdered his brother. And it's, it's pretty much known that he murdered his brother-in-law. He murdered Lucrezia Borgia's husband right on the steps of St. Peter's Basilica or something like that. Goodness. Yeah. <laughs> Very nice. Well, more of the Borgias. You should go back and listen to our Borgia episode. I love that episode. Yes. I don't remember what number it is, but if you haven't heard it, go back. Okay, your turn. The Chelian Hill. Yes, the Chelian Hill is uh, is close to the Colosseum. It's basically where the Colosseum is. And if you haven't seen the Colosseum, lots of people assume looking at photos that the Colosseum is round. Mm-hmm. Actually, it's elliptical. Mm-hmm. And which is a very interesting shape, not the shape that you get in your usual cookie cutter toddler toy shapes. What is your favorite shape, Katie? Not that I sit around thinking about favorite shapes too much, but I do, but I do feel like if I had to pick a favorite shape right now, I'd probably pick something relatively boring. I think I'd pick the square. Hmm. I'm picking it mainly because I know that I don't prefer round things. Like Derek really, really likes round things. Like round things, like like a round pillow or a round rug, like a round mirror. Yeah, I mean, anything. Yeah, he'd be attracted to anything round. And for me, I, for instance, if it was a, a pillow that was decorated in dots, say, mm-hmm. I wouldn't like that. Huh. I don't know why. If it was uh, decorated in checks or stripes, I would like that better. Really? You don't like polka dots? Well, huh. I wouldn't say I don't like polka dots, but I prefer other things. <laughs> I hate circular tables. I hate round tables. I hate them with a passion. I would never buy a round table, but it's not because I don't like round things. It's because round tables just don't fit in a room, unless it's a huge room or unless it's a round room. It just doesn't fit. Like you can't put it up against the wall. Like I just find them so uncomfortable. Hate round tables. That's true. It would be hard to fit a round table in your kitchen, for instance, that your kitchen would be too small. It wouldn't fit. Yeah. So, Katie, the Viminal Hill is the smallest hill in Rome. It's also kind of like the one that's least known. It's where the Baths of Diocletian are, which was the biggest bathhouse in ancient Rome. Um, people listening may or may not know that we're both pretty small people. Yeah, we're short. We both clock in under five foot two. I think you're even lower than that. No, I'm five foot one and three quarters. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> you are not, Katie, because I'm five two, and you are like clearly shorter than me. Like I can, I look down, and I don't, and clearly I know that because you do not look down. I, Katie, I know this because I don't look down to anyone. I don't know any, I don't have any friends who are shorter than me. You're the only one. So you're at least a full inch shorter than me. Maybe I'm five, two and a half. Maybe I'm five, three. Maybe I'm taller than I think Maybe I you're am. five, two and three quarters. Perhaps. Yeah. <laughs> How has being tiny affected your life? This is an interesting question because I've actually just started really thinking about it. Um, but we're answering a short, so I could do a whole episode on how being tiny has affected my life, but instead I'm going to give you two answers. Give us a teaser for that episode that we'll do in the future. Okay, I'll give you a teaser, because it's good and bad. Mm-hmm. For instance, one good thing is I was so tiny when I was a kid, even tinier than right now, <laughs> Really? Um, <laughs> that when I was a second grader, I was probably about the same size as a kindergartner. Mm-hmm. But of course, in second grade, you're smarter. 
so because of that, I would get cast in plays playing a very little, little person. Yeah. But of course, the role would go to me, not the kindergartner, because I could pull it off better. Right. So I got parts because I was tiny. Mm-hmm. In bad ways, there's so many bad ways. One of the lighthearted ones is when you're really small, people have a tendency to want to pick you up. <laughs> You know, in high school, a friend might see you and they would hug you and they'll pull you off the ground. Yeah, which, I know. Which, of course, as an adult, is not preferred. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that is true. But you also get used to it, too. But, you know, that used to bother me. Did it? And there's so many more reasons that are much more interesting more. and deep, but we'll leave it there for now. Okay, we'll get back to that. Look for that future episode. All right. And for our final hill, Tiffany. Yes. The Quirinal Hill. The mm-hmm. highest hill in Rome, now home to the modern Italian government. Since we were just talking about being small people, what would you say is the tallest person that you would be willing to date, height-wise? Like, do I have to name the actual person, or do you want me to name the height? No, no, no. <laughs> what's, your, what's your height? <laughs> if you have a person in mind, feel free. But... I don't date very much anymore. Um, <laughs> yeah, but, 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 but uh... what's your limit, would you say? You know, the tallest guy I ever dated was 6'4", which is gigantic, really, for someone who's 5'2". That's almost getting to the realm where you can't really have a conversation with them. Yeah, and we didn't have very many conversations. Uh, It was was a fling. You know, I was in Italy. Mm -hmm. He was Italian. Most Italians are not that tall. But yeah, I think that that might be too tall for uh, an actual relationship. But I would say six, six foot is probably pushing it. My first boyfriend, who I was with for three years, was about six feet tall. Maybe he was 5'11". And, you know, I didn't have a problem with it at the time. He was my first boyfriend. I didn't I had nothing to compare him to. Mm-hmm. But I will say that my second serious boyfriend, who came closely on the heels of my first boyfriend, he was quite short. He was, I think, 5'6". He was a small guy. And I remember walking down the street with him when we first started dating, arm in arm. And I cannot tell you how good that felt. To walk next to someone and to, to, be able to turn my head and have their head just right there. Yeah. And not have to look up at them and crane my neck. I really enjoyed that. It was a novelty for me at first. And I never had a problem dating a short guy, probably because, you know, he was taller than me. So yeah, yeah, it was fine. But I, I liked having someone a little bit closer to my height. That's good. But that, that said, I don't, height has never been a really big issue to me. And it was never a deal breaker either one way or the other. All right. Well, that is seven questions and the seven hills of Rome marking our seventh anniversary. If you love this show and you were one of the people that helped get us here, because I know some of you have been with us as donors since nearly the very beginning Mm-hmm. A couple of you I've met, some of you I have not yet, but I'd like to. Thank you for keeping us going all this time. Yeah, and just thank you to all of our listeners who have stuck with our show and written to us and told us how much our show has meant to you and how we have accompanied you on your various life journeys. It means the world to us. Yeah, it really does. We love hearing your stories and your thoughts and seeing all the things that you've done. It's amazing. You are a talented and interesting group of people. So thank you for making us a part of your life and for telling your friends about us. And I guess we'll see you in year seven and one week. Well, we'll be starting year eight because we've completed year seven now. So next week we will be beginning our eighth year. Yes. 
exciting stuff. And until next time, this is The Bittersweet Life. I'm Katie Sewell. I'm Tiffany Parks. Join us again. Bye. Thanks for joining us. Subscribe to the show if you haven't already. And if you love it, leave us a good review. And please tell all your friends about us. Also, if you have an idea for a bittersweet moment, send it to us by email or voice memo. We're at bittersweetlife at mail.com. Or you can just find us at the contact page at thebittersweetlife.net. Or on all the social medias, just search for The Bittersweet Life. Thanks to Lingoda for supporting this program. Sign up for Lingoda's Sprint program today for your chance to learn a new language and earn up to 100% cash back when you complete all your classes. Follow the link in our show notes for more information. And if you're interested, sign up by April 16th with the code BITTERSWEET. If you need inspiration, visit their Instagram profile at lingoda underscore official for inspiring student stories.